Welcome to COVID-19, Public Health Policy and Culture. I'm Dr. April Moreno, presenting information from various sources about the COVID-19 pandemic from public health policy and cultural perspectives. We will be sharing international accounts from policy, public health response, and even personal experiences firsthand about living in this era of COVID-19. Welcome to this episode of COVID-19 PPC. We are at episode number eight. I'm really excited to share this one with you. I was so happy to have access to this story about what life is like in China at this time of the COVID-19 pandemic response and how life has been in terms of responding to this next phase of being slowly able to get back out into society, being able to get back to work, going back to schools, restaurants, and stores. What is that plan looking like? Even more so in this episode, we get to hear about the difference between different parts of Asia. As in this interview, the interviewee has gone from Thailand for Chinese New Year and then returns right as the shutdown was being fully enforced in China. So we get to hear in this account about how the whole response has been navigated, how disease spread is being controlled, and even how the contact tracing process is being monitored through GPS. So that is really exciting to hear all of these different ways in which we've been able to navigate, manage, control this virus in different countries and different contexts. So I'm really excited to share this one with you. It's a great, informative episode. I hope you're doing well out there in your corner of the world and navigating this virus with all of the precautions that are needed to protect yourselves and your loved ones. So if you are part of the autoimmune community by chance, I do have a second podcast called The Sisterhood of Limitless Living, where we talk about living with autoimmune conditions in a way that is limitless, thriving through the process. Another great thing that we've learned over this time is that when you're part of the disability community, a lot of these aspects of the shutdown being at home and protecting ourselves are very commonplace for many of us. So we are adapting quite well overall, I would say. Many of us are experiencing things that we do almost every day anyway. So it's just another account of living with different experiences in the world. So if you are interested, it's the Sisterhood of Limitless Living podcast. All right, so I hope you enjoy this episode. And this is going to conclude the current series about navigating COVID-19 in Asia. And in the next episodes, we are going to go into the realm of policy and politics in response to COVID. So you probably are aware by now that we use Anchor.fm here on this podcast for COVID-19 PPC. And I wanted to tell you about Anchor.fm because this is actually the second uh, podcast hosting software I've used. And um, I really like it. I love how easy it is to use. I love the fact that it's free. And they have so many tools here like music and all these different options that help you record and edit your podcast, either from your phone or your PC or your computer. And then Anchor distributes your podcast for you so that it can be on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more places. And then also you can even make money from your podcast with minimum, with no minimum listenership. And it's all 
you need to make a podcast in one place. So if you're new to podcasting and you're interested in um, getting started, I recommend Anchor.fm. So what you can do is download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor.fm to get started. Um, that's my recommendation. And, um, you know, after almost a year of podcasting, I'm really glad I found Anchor just recently. It just makes things so much easier. And uh, yeah, come check out anchor.fm. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of COVID-19 Public Health Policy and Culture. Today we are talking about COVID-19 and how we navigate the pandemic, uh, different parts of the world. And in this example today and in this conversation today, we're talking about the pandemic on Eastern side of the world or the other side of the world in Asia, and we're talking about China and perhaps other parts of Asia as well. Today we're speaking to Jennifer, who is living in China at the moment, and I'm really excited to hear her story and hear the perspective of what it's like over there as well in China. So thank you so much for being here, Jennifer. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited about it. So please tell us a little bit about you. Tell us about your adventure in China, in Shanghai. How is it all going? How did this all come about? My family and I have been in Shanghai for about nine years. We we love China, and so we are teachers here. We took a holiday to Thailand over Chinese New Year, which most schools get about a four-week, three to four-week holiday. And so our family, before the pandemic broke out, before we even knew everything that was going on, it was just starting. And we left the country about around January the 20th to go to Thailand for our three-week family holiday. And while we were there is when they grounded flights and we couldn't get back into the country. And it was a, it was actually a very uncertain time for about three weeks. We didn't know if we were going to be able to come back to China, if we were going to be able to uh, go to America. So we decided to just buckle down and get an Airbnb. And so we ended up staying in Thailand for two months to ride the wave out. Our school sent a message letting us know that we needed to return around March the 14th because they could tell that it was a growing pandemic and it was affecting other countries at that point and they realized that it was going to be bigger than just a China epidemic and so we decided to come back to China on March the 14th. Right so exactly a month ago now as of today. So I'm guessing you can speak some Mandarin? Yes I can speak some Mandarin yeah nobody really expects it from this really tall blonde girl from Texas but yes yes I can. I love it. Tell us a little bit more about what things were like in Thailand. Was there any talk about the virus? in Thailand at the time, or was it still more about um, being in another location in China outside of Thailand? Yes. So at that time, it was just in China. There were signs around Thailand, you know, wash your hands. You could kind of see that they were gearing up. There were no lockdowns. There were no curfews. There were no no issues while we were there. I mean, Thailand is one of the most popular Chinese New Year vacation spots for Chinese people to go to during the holiday. And so we were very fortunate that we didn't encounter any issues or anything like that until now Thailand is in full lockdown, but we are we have already come back to China now. Tell us a little bit more about Chinese New Year in Thailand, for example. So when people go away for vacation during the Chinese New Year, is there anything in particular they're celebrating? Is there anything that they're doing 
in during these vacations? They usually travel in large groups. Um, it's usually a tour group that takes them and organizes everything. They normally go to, you know, the markets and all the touristy destinations. Most of the time, Chinese New Year is just a time for families to be together. A lot of places in China, they set off fireworks for the New Year. But in Thailand, it's more just a lot of family celebration and just a, a vacation. The next question would really be about that that experience of going back during this time. So you were requested to return after being away for longer than you had planned. And what was the mood like? What was everything like in Shanghai when you returned? Can you tell us what the difference was like before you left and then when you returned? Sure, sure. Before we left, we had no issues. The airport was normal security. No one was wearing a mask, no protective gear. When we flew out of the country on January the 20th, upon coming back into the country on March the 14th, everyone is in full hazmat suits. They come on the plane and deboard you a few people at a time. Maybe 10 to 15 people can get off the plane at a time. And then you're in a holding room. They take you through security. Shanghai, the airport, Pudong Airport that we flew into, was very organized. It's just a long process because of the amount of people they're taking through testing and and then they're trying to set up through our phones. They set up a tracking system. We have a QR code that we scan. Um, it's read upon arriving in country and then you have 14 days and if you haven't been in contact with anyone on your flight or on the bus, it will turn green and green will let you leave your apartment. The security systems that they put in place in the airport were very good. It was very organized. It just took a long time to get off the flight. <laughs> Did you feel any sort of nervousness about returning? Did you speak to your neighbors or was everything very isolated already at that time? What was that like? Were you not able to leave? Oh, you mentioned being able to leave the house or not. What was it like getting food and things like that? Yeah, very isolated. Once you stepped off the flight, you were immediately taken to your apartment. You were walked in by security guards and you were locked in your apartment for 14 days. So we were not allowed to open our door unless a security guard came to deliver food. And then he would not ring our bell, but we couldn't open until he walked away. And then we could take our groceries in. So we weren't allowed to leave our house for 14 days just for security reasons. We were not sick. We hadn't been in contact with anyone, but everyone upon arriving in the country had to be quarantined for 14 days. And we were lucky enough that because we were coming from Thailand, it hadn't broken out so bad in Thailand at this point. We were able to come home and quarantine rather than going to a government facility, a hotel or hospital to quarantine. Have you talked to anybody who had, who had to go to one of these facilities? Yes, I have. Some of my coworkers have had to because they flew from America and there was someone infected on their flight. The facilities are as organized as they can be in China. I think with the massive amount of people that we have here, it's very rigid. You get three meals a day. They're very Chinese meals. They come and take your temperature twice a day in full hazmat suits. Um, but for the most part, they were very well taken care of. It's just the testing part in the hospital because the hospitals were overrun and not enough manpower. So they sat in a parking lot for maybe six or eight hours waiting for their turn to get tested. And is it the same test that we hear about here? Is it that nasal swab? Yes, the nasal swab and the throat swab. Mm -hmm. Do you personally know anybody who has been infected or has it reduced significantly already? 
It has reduced significantly here. I will say that China has done a great job of just, I think, the full quarantine lockdown, not able to leave your apartment, not even to go to the grocery store, has really flattened the curve. But things are starting to pick up a little bit more. We're able to go outside now. We ride our bikes around our community, but to leave any community to go enter into a grocery store or anything, you have to take your temperature, and you have to show the QR code that you have been in quarantine for 14 days and, and not in contact with anyone. And what about restaurants? Are they closed or are they delivering food? They're delivering food. Um, some are open and you can come in and sit down. The way that they seat you is, is interesting. We're a family of four and so they seat us staggering tables. Oh. So we, we just chose just to stay at home for now. I and mean, we have things delivered, mostly our groceries. We do a lot of cooking at home. Sounds like things are going very well in terms of how things have been controlled, in terms of how people have been monitored and testing. All of that sounds very efficient. And I'm really impressed. I mean, this is the first time I've heard of such processes that are so well designed. Yeah. I think having a QR code on your phone, I know a lot of people have different varying opinions about that. The government can track you, but I do feel like it is for our safety. If we go out, our phone tracks, you know, if we take the subway, the metro, or if we go into a grocery store and someone in that grocery store has it, it immediately alerts our phone. And um, if we've been in proximity of those people, and then we have to go back into lockdown. So I think that has really helped. Oh, you've been in contact, go back home. You mentioned that you're starting to be able to go outdoors again. When did that begin and what does that look like right now? So it began about a week and a half ago. We have chose as a family, more people are going out using public transportation. We don't feel comfortable with that right now. And so as a family, we've chosen to just stay around our area. We take the kids out for a bike ride for about one or two hours a day. We do have a really nice park next to our apartment complex that is open. So we are able to go there. So yeah, we just stay close to the house. We still have our groceries delivered. We are wiping down our groceries before putting them away and we're washing our fruits and vegetables. Has there been a shortage of things, toilet paper, hand sanitizer, things like that? If you can believe it, we actually have toilet paper and hand sanitizer, disinfectant wipes, very easily accessible here. Oh, I think wow. that um, the mentality is a little bit different um, because of our lack of space in China. Our homes are a lot smaller. We live in apartments. There's not a lot of place to hoard things. Or, and, um, so we just get what we need when we need it. But yeah, we're able to get hand sanitizer and toilet paper. How has your family been dealing with all of this? So our kids are very resilient. They've done great. We do a lot of crafts. Um, we've done a ton of cooking. The kids are at the age now where they're really enjoying hands-on things. We have a small patio, so they've been going outside and playing on the patio. But yeah, they, they've done really well. We've started family reading at night, so they get to choose a book, and we've been reading a lot of books together as a family and just things that we wouldn't take time to do normally but we've been given extra time now to come up with creative things to do. What things have been going well? Tell us some really good things that have occurred through this pandemic time. Our family has started doing three to four days a week a group workout so there's a great organization in America called Camp Gladiator, and they put all their workouts online. And so as a family of four, even my daughter, who's seven, we do all the workout three or four times a week. We try to do that together. And that's really special to be able to do that. My son has started a YouTube channel 
for kids fit and he's into working out and making videos for other kids. My husband is a PE teacher. And so awesome. it's really fun. Yeah. We do a lot of bike riding, a lot of crafts. We've started painting rocks. I know this is really popular in America, the paint rock painting and hiding them. And so we started painting rocks and um, hiding them around our community since we really can't leave the community. So that's been really fun as well. And are your kids bilingual? Um, they are almost trilingual. They um, speak Spanish Ooh. and they speak English, of course. And then now they are learning uh, Chinese. Chinese is a little harder for them. They are from China. They're adopted. But for us being from Texas, Spanish is important. <laughs> and so they learn Spanish and they learn English, of course, from mom and dad. They're almost trilingual now. Love it. I don't know if you know this or if you remember, I'm Chinese and Mexican. I learned a little bit of Cantonese growing up, but not okay. a whole lot. Cantonese is so much harder than Mandarin. Really? Oh, that's good to yeah. know. And then could you tell us a little bit about what things do you think could be better? What things could be improved? I mean, no one is prepared for a pandemic. The online learning everybody has a curve, you know, we've got to figure out how to get myself and my husband are both teachers and my kids who are in school, all four of us on electronics all day has really hard at first, but we just choices and decisions of, you know what, we're maybe just not going to do that one class today. And we're going to actually take school outside and we're going to do something different. So I think you have to make choices for your family and what works for your family. And for us sitting on an iPad or a computer for six hours a day doesn't work. <laughs> so we've decided to um, change a couple of things up and do a little bit of their school. We also signed up for a homeschool program that's a little bit more flexible and doesn't require so much screen time. I love your resilience and your creativity and optimism <laughs> during this time. And just like, I want to ask you this question, how do you take care of yourself? How does the family take care of themselves? And it sounds like it's in everything you're saying. Yes, we do. We exercise a lot, you know, going on this bike rides every day we get outside. We let the kids bike ride or scooter or just go on a walk. And I think getting outside and taking care of your body is really the most important thing that you can do for your mind at this point. You can't sit for very long. So any kind of outside activity that you can do has really just helped our family so much. I'm curious to know if there are predictions or plans ahead for when the schools are going to reopen, when things are supposed to or scheduled or expected to kind of slowly return back to normal. Because I think the Education Bureau of China is just a little hesitant about giving dates in case there is a, a round two or, you know, if they open the borders back up and a lot of people are traveling back into the country um, that, you know, I know that's, that scares them because they feel like people are bringing it back with them. And um, so right now they haven't given us any date to start school. In China, schools go until June the 30th. And so I could see the older grades that are needing to take their test for college and things like that. I could see the older grades starting back. There's a lot of restrictions. They haven't given us a date, but they've given us things that we need to do to prepare our school. We have to have thermal cameras, full hazmat suits, gloves, and masks, and things like that. So right now, our school is trying to gather all these materials to even attempt to open whenever they do tell us. This is so interesting. I haven't seen anyone here even think about carrying a hazmat suit or wearing one if we did yes. have them because our medical system needs them right now. And, you know, and we were facing that, you know, the lack of equipment for the hospital and the lack of just masks and gloves and things like that. But that is, and honestly, I don't know if we're able to even get it 
to open this school, but that is what the government is is requiring right now. So we're trying to find it. We're looking online. We're asking around how to buy them in bulk because our teachers have to wear them. So they're just afraid of it getting on clothes. It stays on surfaces longer than the normal flu or cold. And so mm-hmm. we'll see. Right. <laughs> they haven't given us a day we, uh, you know, to open, but we really, we really want it to get back to normal, but we also have to be really cautious. Right. So do you know anyone who's been infected or healing from it? I do not know anyone that's been infected. Um, the teachers that went to the hospital, their test came back negative, and so they were suspected to have had it, and it just didn't show up. So you know, there's always that debate whether, oh, is the, you know, is the testing accurate or not? They've just chosen to quarantine just for an extra two more weeks, so about a month of quarantining for them. Thank goodness everyone's been healthy. Everyone's been okay. Yes. Yes, yes. We're very, very thankful. Mm -hmm. And your kids, are they missing their friends? Yes, that's the one positive part about the homeschooling. You know, they're on Zoom with their classmates, so they're able to see each other. Something that we've implemented is having our kids write a handwritten note every week to either a friend back in the States, a friend here locally in China. And so every week we do a letter to a friend. And so that's been really fun. And we receive letters as well. That keeps their spirits high. Oh, wow. Your family sounds like so much fun. That's one of the reasons why we chose to live in China, just because it really is family-centered. Your schedule slows down. We all get to go to school together. We work together. We really enjoy being together. So we really can't really complain about quarantine because we enjoy being together and we enjoy doing things and being creative. And so this lifestyle living in China gives us an opportunity just to be a little bit slower and more intentional about our family. I love it. And what message would you have to share to the world at this time? I know know, I'm on social media, so I see people are posting. Just consider other people, not just yourself. I know it may be not what you want. You wear a mask, wash your hands, limit contact. Even if you feel like you're healthy and you're safe, there are people that have weak immunities and medical issues that maybe we don't know about and you can't see. So just consider other people. Definitely. Yeah, I'm one of those. I'm immunocompromised. So yeah, I appreciate that. All right. Well, thank you so much for this conversation. I really appreciate it. Thank you for being on our podcast. We're enjoying it while we're in it. You know, if you don't make the most of it, then you may just miss out on something special. Hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have any questions, any burning questions about COVID-19, feel free to send me a message in Anchor. Anchor.fm slash COVID-19 PPC is our website. And until next time, stay well and take good care out there.